This broadcast is part of the IC Robots Radio Network. Visit icrobots.com for this and many other nerd slash nostalgia related podcasts. You won't be sorry for long. Report recorded live on Jupiter's third largest moon, Callisto. He's caught in the middle and not surrendering. He don't mind for the sake of riddling. He's your host, Icy Robot. Greetings, Earth people. I am from Jupiter. It is me again, Icy Robot. I am not a hero, but I do sacrifice a bit of my week each and every week to make your week a bit less week. And this week, it is going to get so much less week. We got, we got an all-new exciting feature. It is... The IC Robots Radio 5 Mic Hall of Fame of this week. We are going to induct the first inductee. It is one of the greatest movies of all time. In my mind, we are. We're also going to have a talk with Iceberg. I actually managed to get dude in the studio, so why don't we just hit it right now and get to there. You are listening to the Toys R Us Report. Life is a game. That's what some homies say. But we came to win, so we don't play. It has. It has been a long while, and it's not not for lack of trying that I haven't been able to get our good boy, Iceberg, into the studio. But check it out. He is right here now. So let's take it back to how we do it back in the day and say, Yo, Iceberg, what's cracking? What's cracking? How dare you come at me with that same old droll statement? I am not here to be made fun of by you. Good day, sir. Come on, Iceberg. We just started. Don't don't stomp off. I said good day. Come on, dude. Please, the, the, the people want to hear what's up with you. Fine. I can stay for a moment. What is it that you want with me anyway? I don't know. I just I, I like having you on the show, and I'm getting tweets and Facebook messages and all sorts of stuff. People are asking me, like, where have you been? What are you up to? So... Where have you been, and what are you up to? Don't pretend like you don't know what is going on. I'm not pretending anything. I do not know what is going on. Oh, you are going to play it like that. Fine. It has been almost one year since my best friend in the universe A.B. Silver was murdered by space pirates while he was on his way to get help for us. He was a hero. Oh, man. A year? Has it been almost a year? I'm sorry, Iceberg. I I lost track of time. I, re- I really I really should have said something. I I am sorry. Uh, I don't I don't think that he was going to get help for us though. I think I, I think that he was I think he was just escaping. But you know that doesn't mean that his death means any less to you. I I'm sorry, Iceberg. I really am. He was a hero and I will not stand here and have you speaking of him in that manner. 
I demand that you apologize right now. I did apologize. I just said I was sorry. My honor demands that we duel if you do not. Dude, I totally said I was sorry. I do not remember that. Say it again. Okay, fine, Iceberg. I was insensitive and I'm sorry. I, I don't I don't want to duel or anything. Fine. I accept your worthless apology. A.B. Silver would not want us fighting so near the anniversary of his heroic demise. I don't know. Maybe. I I can't imagine what, what went on in his uh, microprocessors or... I was going to say mind. What What is it that you guys have? Like a motherboard? A, I don't know. A something inside? Uh, I guess. What, what is it called? How dare you again? Are you implying that A.B. Silver did not have a mind? That robot was a genius. This horrible show never sounded better than when he was in charge. It has been awful ever since he left. That is one of the many reasons I refuse to take part. It's quite disgusting that you would even continue the show after he perished. You should have cancelled it and done one of your other stupid shows. The one about your stupid life perhaps. It's called This Boring Life, and it's great, and right now, as we speak, I'm working on one about my uh, gym class memories about, you know, being in P.E., and it's great, and everyone's gonna love it. Iceberg, I I couldn't cancel the show. The show was, the show was here before A.B., and he just, he, like, hijacked it briefly. I don't, I don't know why you love that dude so much. He... He never did a good thing for anybody except maybe taking you to see Hamilton. That was nice. The tickets were pricey, but he also used it to, like, rub in my face and hurt my feelings. He was not a nice dude. Robots care not about flesh bags and their feelings. Why would we? It would only bring us down to your level. That's not true at all, Iceberg. I I care about your feelings. I... I said I was sorry about A.B. Silver, didn't I? I have heard enough of this. I am going back to the arcade. Your show is the worst and I do not wish to be on it any longer. Good day forever. In a moment, at the movies, without Ebert, Siskel or even that dude Roper... But you got Icy Robot, so that's something, right? Looks like you're going to the zoo, except you're in the cage. Ladies ready? Yeah. Once you're down there, you're not going to want to come back up. Oh my god, look at those teeth! What was that? <laughs> Stay in the cage. We have about 20 minutes before you run out. You're not going to die down here. to get back up to the top. There are sharks everywhere. 47 meters down. Rated PG-13 only in theaters June 16th. You are listening to IC Robots Radio. We went to see 47 meters down on a Monday and it was, it was hot as a mug. So the, the theater was packed. That's going to be the theme of this episode about how, how the earth base has turned into, into the scorch. It is hot. It is hot as a mug. And we went... We went to check this one out because we wanted to see it, but also because we wanted to escape the heat. And a lot of other fools were also escaping the heat. So our normal Monday morning slash afternoon sort of deal where we we try to get a private theater 
you know, we hope that no one else goes, and a lot of times no one else does go because it's so early, but this time, this time there was a lot of people in the theater, and a lot of them were teenagers, which is, which is a thing, I guess, because it is now summer, and this was a PG-13 horror movie about sharks, so it was, it was packed with teens playing with their phones and chit-chatting and such, but... That's okay. You really have to you really have to consider the movie when you think about whether you're going to get upset about people talking. If you if you're going to see like Dunkirk or The Lost City of Z, you don't want people jibber-jabbing, but if it's like a movie about sharks eating a couple girls, it's not it's not unexpected that there may be teenagers jibber-jabbing. So, when you go or if you go see this, please please consider that fact going in the the movie is known as 47 Meters Down, and it stars Mandy Moore, who is, she's like a pop star, she's a singer, and she's on like a popular TV show right now, and also Claire Holt, who I think is from, I think she's from the originals, but I am, I'm not sure, it's one of the vampire shows that the, that the old wife watches, also Matthew Modine is in it, which is, which is always kind of fun to see the bro, the movie, uh, it runs a really short 89 minutes, which is, which is nice. It jumps right into it. It was directed by Johannes Roberts and it was also written by Johannes Roberts. It made 11 million on its opening weekend. If you don't, if you're not down with the plot of this, if you don't know what it is, the the idea is that there are a couple chicks on vacation in Mexico. One of them, one of them is a bit wild, the other one's a bit more uptight and the the wild one, they're sisters, I should say. The wild sister she convinces the mild sister that it would be super fun to go on this kind of touristy boat ride gimmick where they put you in a shark tank and they chum the water and you get to see the sharks up close. This, this does seem like it would be fun, but if I were to do this, which I probably never would, but if I were to do this, I would make sure to do it somewhere that is, like, super regulated. I would want to go on, like a government base and do this, you know, I want as tight a regulations as possible because I don't want to get, I don't want to get popped out of the tank and get murked on by some sharks, but they decided to do this on a sketchy tourist boat in Mexico that was captained by a ultra sketchy Matthew Modine, and of course, the unexpected happens and they get sunk down to the bottom of the briny depths where they are, where they are surrounded by sharks. Sharks are scary. Sharks have been scary since the days of Jaws, and this movie does have some, it has some scary shark scenes. There are some jump scares. The old wife was terrified in this movie. She was, she was jumping out of her seat and yelping like, like the dog does when it's, you know, dreaming at night, but I, I didn't think that it was ultra scary. I did enjoy it. I had a good time, but it didn't work as much of a scary movie as Jaws. It wasn't even, it wasn't even as fun as last year's big shark movie, uh, The Shallows, which, which had the, the greatest of all special effects a movie can have, that being, you know, Blake Lively was in a bikini the whole time. This movie, this movie takes place underwater. They're stuck down in the cage. Underwater is, it's a scary deal because when you're down there, you know you don't, you know you don't belong, and in this case, they're stuck in the cage, and the whole time they are at risk of running out of air. Running out of air is just a horrifying idea. I cannot think of a lot of things that scare me as much as just, like, straight up running out of air. It seems seems like a scary way to go, so that aspect of the movie was 
a bit frightening to me. I will admit, I I feel uncomfortable when people are trapped underwater and you hear them, you hear them start gasping. That's like that's one of my secret fears. Don't tell anybody, or the next thing you know, iceberg's gonna be it's gonna be clipping my air tube when I'm out outside the building, you know, sucking lint out of the vent. He he thinks that kind of thing is funny because he doesn't really he doesn't really understand what it means to breathe. And since you do, you may find a bit of scariness in that the uh, the movie has a really good ending. I will say it uh, really caught me off guard and I did enjoy that. I thought that that was clever. I I think that you will too. Um, It really moves along at a brisk pace, which is nice. There's not a wasted minute in this thing. Before you know it, they're in the tank. Before you know it, they're surrounded by sharks and it goes from there. It's PG-13. There's some language. There's some jump scares, but it's nothing that like a teenager wouldn't really be able to handle. It's a bit, you know, scary for a teenager, but... It's scary in the safe way of how scared do you really have to be because there aren't sharks up here on the land. They are only underneath in the sea. I believe that I will give this movie on the good old Source Magazine Mike Meter with five being an all-time classic, one being a total dud. I'm going to give it a solid three. Mm-hmm. It's all right. Nice, light summer fare about sharks, especially if you're trying to escape from the heat. Three mics. ever loved a dog. We're shipping out tomorrow. We're so not ready for this. Comes a story. Found something! You just saved a bunch of lives. Of a bond. You wait to get to Iraq to find your inner puppy. Tested by war. That dog saved my life. He's not your dog. He's a Marine Corps dog. I've got to bring him home. Megan Levy, Ready PG-13, now playing. Megan Levy was... The second movie that we saw to escape the heat this day, it was, and I'm not even exaggerating, it was roughly 110 degrees here in Santa Rosa, which is, that is shocking. There have been very few days in the history of our town that have gone over 100. I, I'm i not kidding. We have a very mellow climate. It gets it gets in the 90s during the peak days of summer, but it, it very seldom goes up into the hundreds, and we are ill-equipped for it. I only know a couple people in the whole town that have air conditioning and they are older folks who have it because, you know, they they are uh, less less happy with inclement weather and they may need it for, you know, medical reasons or whatever. It's just it's not that common. So when something like this happens, it is it's a devastating moment and I knew not what to do, so I turn to where I usually turn in time of needs. That is, that's the movies. And I'm just like, look, dudes, to, you know, to my family unit. I'm just like, we're going to the movies and we're going to see whatever. And whatever turned out to be Megan Levy, which is, which is a movie when I saw it in the trailers and stuff, I, I had said, I'm not going to see this because I, it is not a secret that I am a dog lover. I have two dogs. I love them. They are very close to me. And I think that, I think that dogs and people share a a special bond you know like in in D&D there is a deal where i believe it's a wizard can call a can call a familiar or like an animal that will assist him in a in a magical way i think that dogs and people are bonded in the way that a magic user is bonded to its familiar and 
in this movie, the the dog, Sergeant Rex, is a marine dog, and I knew that he would be in peril, and that's just, that's just too stressful for me. I can't handle it, and I said, I'm not going to see this, but 110-degree weather forced me in to see it, and I'm going to say, this was, this was one of my favorite movies of all the times. I, as a dog lover, enjoyed this so much. I love dogs, and I love the fact that dogs can... They can get jobs. They can go out. They could be shepherds or police dogs. They could do any number of things. There is a very high cap on the kind of life that a dog can have. And I love, I love war dogs. I think that it is so dope to be out there doing battle with your dog or saving lives with your dog. I would, I would think that would be so fun and, and well, not fun, but you understand what I'm saying. I think that would be very, very satisfying. And this movie is, it's very satisfying to watch Megan and her war dog, Sergeant Rex, out there saving lives, finding bombs, finding gun caches and all kinds of stuff. Let me let me break down the basic story first. This movie stars Kate Mara, the wonderful Kate Mara, as Megan Levy, who is, she's kind of like a scrappy, tough kind of kid who can't, can't find her place in life when she decides to join the Marines. And after facing some disciplinary measures, she falls in with the dude who trained the dogs to sniff for bombs and such. And it turns out that this is a real good fit for her, and she bonds well with this dog, Sergeant Rex, before they're both sent off to Iraq. And after completing, like, over a hundred successful missions where they saved countless lives and found countless bombs, they, they both get blown up by an IED and... Kate Mara gets sent home, Megan Levy gets sent home, but Sergeant Rex is good enough that they send him back out on other missions, and she is just, she's dying without Sergeant Rex. They've bonded, and it's like, it's like Rex is her child. I couldn't imagine being separated from, you know, my my lovely dog Ursa, where, like, she's going off into combat, and I'm at home, you know, uh, you know, sent out because I was wounded, and I can't go and be with her. It would be, it would be heartbreaking, and... Megan Levy goes and she does everything that she can do to try to get Sergeant Rex released into her custody. And it is an incredibly moving story, especially if, especially if you're a dog lover. There is, there is dog peril, which I do find upsetting, but Sergeant Rex is a war hero and he had to, had to put himself on the line and you just have to, you have to see through that to get the beauty of the story. If you're a dog lover... You are going to love this movie a lot. The only the only downside is that it is a bit long. It comes in just under two hours. Let's let's hop on over and see the the particulars. It runs for 116 minutes, just under two hours, which which was a bit long. They could have removed some of the scenes of Kate Mara in emotional turmoil. That that wouldn't have bothered me in the least. It made eight million dollars on its opening weekend. This one this showing we went to because of the heat was jam packed. There was hardly a seat in the place on the on the good old tomato meters. It's right now at eighty five tomatoes with the peeps and eighty two with the critics. It's it would be hard not to not to like this movie. It has Kate Mara, like I said, Tom Felton, who you might know from The Flash and from uh, Harry Potter. I think his name is he's Malfoy. He's pretty good on The Flash. I like this guy. the The Harry Potter kids have all gone off, and they're having. They have, like, satisfying second acts, and I really do appreciate that. Also, Common, the rapper Common Sense, is in it. He plays Gunny Martin, and I found his over-the-top portrayal of Gunny Martin to be just hilarious. He he was giving me laughs because he's yelling at them, and he's yelling at the dogs like a drill instructor, and it's just, it's just terrific. At, 
at the beginning of the training, they they start Megan Levy off with an ammo can. Like, you don't get a dog right from the jump street. They're not, like, going to entrust you with a dope army German Shepherd. I mean, forget about it. You get an ammo can, and you have to... You have to treat this ammo can like it's like it's your dog. You have to run it through the drills. You have to run it through the paces. And they see if if you have, you know, the qualities necessary to be a trainer before they actually give you a dog to work with. I think that I think that maybe this could be something that is passed on to the to the real life world because I take I take my dog out for a couple walks a day. She needs one in the morning and then one in the afternoon because she has a lot of energy. She is a red healer, an Australian shepherd, and she has a lot of energy, so I gotta keep her I got to keep her moving and I see a lot of people and I see a lot of people with dogs and I see that a lot of people don't know how to treat a dog. They don't, they don't know what they're doing and you do, you do learn by practice, but it might be a wise move if, if the shelters made it so you had to drag a can around for a few weeks before, before you got a dog. But that might turn people off from getting shelter dogs and that might force them to turn to like puppy mills, which is, which is whack. I don't know, but there should be some kind of a dog training program. Like maybe you maybe you come in and you work with the dog under the under the guidance of the people at the shelter before they turn it over to you. I don't know. Let's see. Back to Megan Levy. I thought this movie was terrific. I had a terrific time. If you like dogs, go see it. It will it will play just as well on VHS as it does on the big screen, but I, I recommend this movie a lot. I think that I will give it three point five mics on the good old-fashioned Source Magazine Meter. 3.5 mics. No more than a few times a generation, a film proves through the power of repeat viewings that it has stood the difficult test of time and become a time-honoured legend. This is the IC Robots Radio 5 Mic Movie Hall of Fame. I, I see a lot of movies. I go to the movies a lot and I... I enjoy rating movies. I use the Source Magazine meter wherein which a 1 is a dud and a 5 is a classic. And very seldom, if ever, do I leave a movie and go, that movie is a 5 mic classic. It it takes repeat viewings and repeat watchings and observations before you can give a movie that coveted 5 mics, at least in, at least in my experience. So... I thought about it, and I thought about it, and I thought that a good feature for the show might be to go back into the archives and take a look at some movies that we think are great and that we could that we could award the esteemed Five Mike. And we are going to begin that process today with a movie that is near and dear to many of our hearts. This movie is a movie known as The Big Lebowski. The Big Lebowski is in all ways a Five Mike classic, and... I am more than happy to have it be the first inductee in the IC Robots 5 Mike Movie Hall of Fame. The The Big Lebowski came out in 1998. I remember going to see it. I went to UA6. It was it was after I was no longer working there. I can I can remember it so distinctly. The the movie was in Theater 2, which is one of the big theaters there. 2 and 6 are both both the big gargantuan ones because at the time the the Coen brothers were red hot and they were coming off of Fargo which 
That movie hit with like seven Academy Award nominations, including Best Picture, and it really put the Coens up there as auteurs to be respected, and I did respect him, I was way into him, and I was more than looking forward to this movie, and when I left seeing it that day, I was like, this movie is really great. I believe at the time, I would have given it, like, four mics, because... The aesthetics hit me in a lot of ways. I was a bowling enthusiast and all the bowling in the movie really spoke to me and just just the way that the dude lived his life at the time was somewhat similar to what my life was like. I wasn't wasn't really like full-time working, you know. I was like hanging and clanging at the video store just sort of goofing around and loafing around and the dude and mine lifestyle was somewhat copacetic. We both had the loafing. We both had the bowling. I was I was actively bowling at the time. I wasn't in the league or anything, but I was I was going down there a lot and this movie really started off like a bowling renaissance of sort. Once once it hit and sort of hit into the into the bigger cultural uh, mainstream. At first the movie didn't do so great, but once it hit video and once it got out on cable, people really really started to connect with it and you could you could see this connection at the bowling alley because more and more dudes were showing up every week and then eventually when I got into when I got into the league uh you could you could see a lot of Lebowski enthusiasts people would be dropping Lebowski quotes and saying Lebowski lines and more than one dude and that does include myself would would down a few white Russians during league night it was it was the thing to do and that's what that's what makes a movie a classic is that it goes out there and it it bonds and it changes the the bigger cultural mainstream and to a degree Lebowski really really had this effect on people the movie it just worked on so many different levels let's let's hop on over to uh Wikipedia I already got it I got it booted up so we don't have to we don't have to look too hard or too long or even dial up the AOL. I got it I got it pre-dialed. I am. I'm cool like that. But uh let's use the the good old Wikipedia to get a nice nice synopsis of the plot in case in case you don't know. Wikipedia has a nice direct way of explaining a plot and the Lebowski plot's a bit a bit convoluted. It's a bit deep, so let's see what a uh, good old wiki has to say about this. The Big Lebowski is a 1998 American crime comedy film written, produced, and directed by Joel and Ethan Cohn. It stars Jeff Bridges as Jeffrey the Dude Lebowski, a Los Angeles slacker and avid bowler. He is assaulted as a result of a mistaken identity, after which the dude learns that a millionaire, also named Jeffrey Lebowski, was the intended victim. The millionaire Lebowski's trophy wife is kidnapped, and he commissions the dude to deliver the ransom to secure her release. But the plan goes awry when the dude's friend Walter Sobchak, played by John Goodman, schemes to keep the ransom money. The movie also features Julian Moore, Steve Buscemi, Dave Huddleston, John Turturro, Philip Seymour Hoffman, Sam Elliott, Tara Reid, and Flea in supporting roles. That description, while 100% accurate, doesn't, doesn't do justice to show you how deep and twisted this movie is. And when I say twisted, I don't mean twisted like, like 8mm, like the movie 8mm with Nicolas Cage. It's twisted in the fact that the story goes this way, and then it goes one way. It works as a legitimate detective film. It works as a legitimate comedy. It works as a as a stoner flick. It works on many levels. There is 
actually a mystery and it does play out and it all does make sense and that raises the movie up from just being you know a silly kind of thing into into the script level of like a uh, like a Dave Mamet or somebody somebody of that sort this is almost a legitimate film noir type detective film the dude is as good a detective as I don't know you you name somebody who is a detective Sam Spade uh Mike Hammer, I don't know, any of those guys, the dude as a detective character works almost as well with, of course, Walter as his sidekick. I do know that nothing about it indicates... Yeah, it the nail a... polish, Walter. Fine, dude. As if it's impossible to get some nail polish, apply it to someone else's toe. Someone else? You want a toe? I can get you a toe. Believe me. There are ways, dude. You don't want to know about it, believe me. Yeah, but Walter... Hell, I can get you a toe by 3 o'clock this afternoon with nail polish. Another one of the things that makes Lebowski so terrific is its rich back characters. You have Walter Sobchak, who is played by John Goodman, the the great John Goodman. Dude is dude is finally getting the respect that he deserves for a career full of great work. Everything from Roseanne on to more current things like that recent Cloverfield movie and the recent King Kong movie show that. John Goodman is, he's the goods, and in Lebowski, he plays the dude's best pal, Walter. He is kind of a bugged out Vietnam vet gun nut type, and he he plays a good opposite to the dude. And then there's Donnie, played by the the great Steve Buscemi, and you got Jesus. You can't you can't forget Jesus Quintana, played by played by John Turturro. Jesus is he is worthy of a standalone movie, which he will soon be getting, as I understand. I think there is a November 27 release date for a Jesus Quintana solo movie. Jesus is, he is the dude's bowling adversary. He wears a purple jumpsuit and he comes out to the strains of Hotel California. But instead of the dude's hated Eagles, it is played by the Gypsy Kings. That song was... That song was a bit of a hit for a minute. I don't I don't think it was like a above ground hit, but dudes were definitely bumping that Hotel California for for a quick minute back after the movie came out. You really cannot deny the importance of Jesus in the movie when when he comes out in his first appearance and they hit the beat and he rolls a strike and then he's dancing and the camera goes over our three heroes and they start uh, discussing the merits and demerits of Jesus. A creep can roll, man. Yeah, but he's a pervert, dude. Yeah. No, he's a sex offender with a record. He did six months of Chino for exposing himself to an eight-year-old. It's an amazing scene, and then, and then he moves on. He does that weird shimmy with the ball and the ball cleaner thing, and. Man, it's it's just magic. I will also tell you this. After after he did that gimmick with the ball cleaner, the one that he's holding in two hands and, you know, moving to and fro, everyone over at the bowling alley was doing that. It really became like, I don't know, man. It became like the thing to do. Nobody was nobody was using that ball thing to clean off the oil on your on your ball. Maybe every once in a while you would do it, but dudes were doing it between like every throw just just because, despite exposing himself to eight-year-olds, Jesus was and remains to be a, a cool character, I guess. Uh, 
guess we have to forgive him that flaw. I'm just kidding. But yeah, he, he was great. And the nihilists are great. The the big Lebowski himself, the wheelchair-bound millionaire who kind of gets everything in motion when he tries to get the dude to tries to get the dude to be the bagman on the big handoff. He is amazingly terrific. The the performance that you get is just just phenomenal and he says like a lot of just amazing things. Okay, sir, you're a Lebowski, I'm a Lebowski. That's terrific. But I am very busy, as I imagine you are. I didn't blame anyone for the loss of my legs. Some Chinaman took them from me in Korea, but I went out and achieved anyway. <laughs> I cannot solve your problem, sir. Only you can. Your revolution is over, Mr. Lebowski. Condolences. The bomb's lost. My advice to you is to do what your parents did. Get a job, sir! The bombs will always lose! Do you hear me, Lebowski? The bombs will always lose! That was, of course, the legendary David Huddleston as the big Lebowski. Dave Huddleston passed away last year at the age of 85. That was sad, but at least we have this amazing performance as the big Lebowski to remember him by the... Lebowski is just... It's just... It's just an important movie, not just... Not just on an artistic level, but on a philosophical lesson. A lot of the things that they talk about and a lot of the things that they that they touch upon have have a very deep meaning and just the way that the dude the dude goes about himself and goes about his life and he goes about dealing with things. It's it's really affected a lot of people. As I understand it, there is a philosophy known as dudism, which is a lot like Buddhism with a lot of the a lot of the mysticism pulled away and it's just sort of a bare bones philosophy that that uh kind of prefers happiness over achievement and of course you know this isn't a complete life philosophy because you need money for rent and food and stuff and you see the dude is writing checks for half and half and that he he can't pay his rent, so you can't you can't take it all the way, but you can take it to a degree where, hey, you know, maybe sometimes you're gonna have a bit of fun, and maybe sometimes you're gonna just relax on stressing yourself about how how much you've achieved that day or how much you've achieved in life. Because, hey, you know, eventually we're all gonna be in the dirt, and unless we achieve like worldwide level status, our our achievements are all going to be forgotten to the wayside, so why not Why not just have a bit of fun every once in a while? And another philosophy that I got from the movie, and one that, one that I, I do use in my life all the time, <coughs> is, is something that Walter says to the dude a couple times in the movie, and the flick has, of course, you know, the... The liberal use of the F word, and since we we use a different F word around here, that word is family friendly. We're not going to be able to give you like an exact quote, but what he what he more or less says to the dude is, you know, forget it, dude. Let's go bowling. And this is something I try to apply to my life all the time because what Walter is what Walter is saying to the dude is sometimes in life things are going to come that are are completely out of our control and we can either spend time sitting and fretting about them which is 
which is what we do tend to do, or you can just kind of compartmentalize it, put it in the back of your head, and just move on with your deal and go bowling. And there have been many, many, many times where I'm waiting for something or some important thing is going on and I I need to know the results or just just whatever. And you you have to realize that the situation is out of your control and the best thing that you can do is just go bowling and I'll, I'll try to remember that. And this has saved me a lot of stress over the years. I mean that. I, I tend to fret and the, the fact of the matter is fretting is a useless endeavor in all ways and I'll just, I'll tell myself, hey man, forget it. Let's go bowling. There is a lot to be said for going out of your way to be a more easygoing, more go-with-the-flow type person like the dude. Stress is a killer. It really is. And you can say what you want to say about the dude, but the dude does, he does have a very good handle on controlling his stress. He does, he does feel some, and there are times when, you know, Walter has to step in and go, you know, forget it, dude, let's go bowling. But every time he does accept the advice, and while he doesn't always put in the best effort to go to the bowling he is definitely he is definitely one step ahead just for even giving it a shot the the movie is it's philosophical gold and next time you go through and you watch it just kind of dig in there and go online and look up dudism and its tenants and you'll see that there is actually a lot of interesting things that you can learn from what is you know essentially like a you know comical faith but Hey man, there is gold in everything. Take a take a listen to some of these uh, episodes of Real Wisdom that I've put out, and you'll see, man, you can gain wisdom from many sources. I'm very happy to have the Big Lebowski as the first inductee into the Five Mic Hall of Fame. It's not it's not my favorite movie. It is definitely one of my favorite movies, but I think that it is essentially a flawless film. There is very little that you can nitpick about this movie. It is incredibly well written. It works as a mystery. It works as a comedy. It has great characters and great acting. The characters are memorable and the movie itself really just kind of claws its way into your into your heart and I am just happy to have the Big Lebowski as the first inductee into the IC Robots Radio 5 Mike Movie Hall of Fame. So why don't we all go out there, get ourselves a white Russian, kick back, do some uh, do-jitsu on your rug, and let's just try to take it a little bit easier. Please drop by supportthereport.com and consider becoming a show patron for as low as a measly dollar a month. It's the right thing to do. You've made it this far. It's time. The final segment. The Icy Robots Radio Pop Culture slash Toy News slash Other Boring Stuff Informational Moment. Alrighty, tidy whitey, we are back for we're back for the final segment of the show where we talk about this and that and things and such. And we just had a Father's Day, and I haven't been able to haven't been able to touch base since then. I got a couple really great Father's Day gifts that I am super excited about. One of them is a first print copy of the Dungeons and Dragons book 
DTs and demigods. This was my favorite D&D book of all the times. I I spent way more of my time reading D&D books than I did actually playing D&D. I think I've I think I've only played a few times in my life and it was never it was never like super fun. We couldn't really get like a campaign going because that kind of thing, you know, it's just it is not for kids. The just the involvement is too heavy and we could never really get it going and I I spent a lot of time studying and DTs and demigods was my absolute favorite of all the books. This is the one that deals with gods, the gods and myths of various religions and I really enjoyed that the the writers and creators of Dungeons and Dragons went out there and they tried to they tried to quantify the power of a god. It turns out that most gods have abilities in the the high 20s. Well, the mid 20s, like 25 strength, 25 agility, 25 dexterity, things like that. So, I don't know. It was neat also to see like the powers that they have. Like you could you could find out that Zeus's lightning bolts, for example, would do like 4d10 damage with no kind of no kind of modifiers on your side. It, I like this book. I like it a lot. And I like that. I like that they cover everything from, you know, American Indian gods to Greek gods to the Norse gods. All the way, all the way through like the stainless steel rat and other fictional universes. This was, this was something that I spent a lot of time with. I have this, I have this really severe knowledge of mythology just just from studying this book all the time, I would spend many, like, like a sweaty summer Saturday sitting around reading Deities and Demigods just because, just because I didn't have anything else to do because I was, I was sometimes what was known as, as a doofus. But I also got, I got the movie novelization of Flash Gordon, which is one that I have wanted a long time. I've always felt like I should be able to find this at the flea market, or I should be able to find this at the thrift store, but I never have, and I never wanted to, I never wanted to take the plunge and get it on eBay, just because I always felt like, I, I need to find this in the wild, but the wife was sick of hearing me whine about never finding it, so she just, she grabbed it for me, and I got that, and I got some recent additions to my movie novelization collection in a place I would never expect, and that place is known as the Dollar Tree. I picked up a novel of Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, as well as the recent Godzilla movie there for a dollar each. I was pretty stoked. I might actually read the Godzilla book because it says that it has some, like, prequel information. I am, I am a bit interested in this movie Godzilla universe, and I understand the next one's gonna have, like, Mothra and Ghidorah and all this stuff, so that should be cool. I may actually take the plunge and read this one. I, I don't know. I mean, what else do I have but time is how it feels sometimes. Oh, Hey, this is, this is really great. The, the old wife went to high school with this guy named Hugo Armstrong. And they were, they were really tight friends. They had, like, her clique. There was this guy Greg and Brent and all these, all these gals, Cresha, that she used to hang out with. And this guy Hugo, he, he had... He had the dream of making it big in Hollywood. He was like a drama guy and all this stuff. His his mom owned a costume shop down in our railroad square district. This guy, this guy's cool. He's a nice guy. I've met him a few times. He he came to our wedding. They they used to be super tight bros, but over time, you know, time and distance and all that stuff. But we were we were watching Fear the Walking Dead, and I want to mention that I I'm really enjoying this season so far. The 
the Fear of the Walking Dead crew ends up living with a prepper community, and I've always, I've always been interested in, like, you know, preppers and all that stuff, and I had wondered how these folks might have, how they might have fared in the zombie apocalypse, and in this season, you're getting to see that, but back to the point where we're watching the episode, and they're, they're having, like, a dinner, you know, they have, like, a cafeteria-style eating, and the the preppers are all eating up. It's a big community. There's, you know, 50, maybe 100 people living there. And you see one guy stand up and he starts he starts giving a speech about some some friends that they lost. And my wife goes, that's Hugo! That's Hugo! And we looked and there he was. He was on Fear the Walking Dead. And then we watched the second episode and he had more speaking lines. And this is just like, this is really cool and really great because he has, he has had some successes. He's been in some small indie movies. He's won a couple awards. He's done some plays. He had a reoccurring character on NCIS. He was like the, what do they call it? He was the the internal affairs guy, and he would pop up every once in a while, and it was always fun to see him. It's fun to see somebody that you've seen in real life on TV, and this was the first time he's popped up on a show that we already watch, and it's really neat because we have no idea where his character's going. They've gone, they've gone and they made a point in establishing that he is a somebody because he's already, he's already spoken more than one time, so I don't know. The Walking Dead has this they kind of have this formula of introducing back characters that then turn out to be evil and twisted. So who knows? Maybe our dude Hugo is going to turn out to be evil and twisted. Maybe our guy Hugo is going to get bit and turned into a zombie. That would be that would be kind of fun too. But I'm very I'm very happy for his success. It's always neat to see somebody that you know make it and live and live the dream that you know that they've had. So I just wanted to put that out there that that was. That was a lot, a lot, a lot of fun to see. And I think, I think that there is something that we, we can learn from this. He, he first went to Hollywood, almost like directly out of high school. And that was, that was 20 some odd years ago. And it's taken him this 20 years to start appearing on, on TV shows. So don't give up the dream. If you have a dream of any sort, if there's something you want, you never know. It only takes like one door to open and then you start having success. It only takes one thing to turn and then you start having success. Let's let's all look at Hugo Armstrong and we're going to see how he's now on Fear of the Walking Dead and say it is never too late to give up hope. I respect how bro, he's just, he's been hanging and clanging out there for 20 plus years now and now it's all paying off. So let's give a, let's give a big thumbs up to our man. What else is, what else is going on? I have opened up a merch store. It's it's been too long. I've been wanting to do that. I, I have a bunch of cool designs for stickers. That's mainly what it is. I, I see that people do want to help out the show, but Patreon doesn't seem like it's their thing. They, they Maybe they want to get something, you know, material in their hands. And I, I definitely appreciate that. Buying merch is one way that you can definitely support people you like. So I went over to Redbubble and I opened up a store. You can find it at redbubble.com backslash people backslash IC Robots, or even easier, you can go to icrobots.com and just scroll down the bar on the right, and it's right there. We got a ton. We got a ton of fun stickers. We have an IC Robots radio t-shirt that you can get. We have, we have a Mr. Sensational Gino Vega podcast t-shirt on the way. This one is going to be designed by our, our good pal Tapes from the Crypt over on Twitter. He, he's generous enough to help us out with graphics every once in a while, and I appreciate that from from the bottom of my heart, I really do mean that. So hop on over there on Twitter. That's at Crypt Vault. 
and give him a follow. He is, he's a solid bro. I got to give him that. And he's recently married. So let's give him another big congratulations on that. Good stuff all around. So make sure to hop on over to, to the IC Robots Radio Superstore. You can get a sticker. You can get a shirt. You can get a, uh, we got a coffee mug. There is a lot of fun stuff. The best way to get over there is icrobots.com. Scroll down the bar. You can't miss it. It says merch store. What else? What else is popping off? Not a, not a whole heck of a lot, really. Let's, let's, uh, let's get on up out of here. What is the schedule for the next couple weeks? We're gonna, we're gonna be taking the trip, hitting the road, going to do uh, a lot of fun things. But don't worry, I'm not gonna leave you high and dry. Next week, we're gonna have an audio handbook of the Marvel Universe in the place of this show. It is a super fun one. It's about, it's about the Taskmaster, the man with photographic reflexes, and then... The week after that, we're going to have a This Boring Life where I talk about gym class. I talk about what it was like in elementary school, what it was like in, uh, what it was like in middle school, what it was like being pegged as a poor athlete when you had solid fundamentals like myself. The games we played, the things we did, stories, whatever. This is a bunch of fun songs. This is truly a neat episode, and it's going to be coming out the week after that. And then after that, after that, we'll be back with a super fun Toys R Us report where... We will talk about, we'll talk about the trip, we'll talk about where we went, what we did, what we saw, all kinds of cool things like that. Keep, keep your ears peeled for the latest Geek Fest rant, I know that's on the way, and I don't know, man, that, that is about it. Make sure to check us out on Twitter, that's at IcyRobots, on Instagram, also at IcyRobots, Facebook.com backslash IcyRobots, IcyRobots.com for all the latest, greatest IcyRobots radio news, so... I guess it's time. It's time to say it. If you don't know, now you know. Recorded live on Jupiter's moon, Callisto, this has been an IC Robots radio production.